Brought to you by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast equipment rentals in Brooklyn, New York. JMRNY.com. And now get 15% off your first rental when you use the promo code WEEKEND. Call 347-721-3400 or email info at JMRNY.com for details. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, here with a recap of the 10th Annual Winter Film Awards. So we're going to talk about that in just one minute, but first, we've got some updates on some upcoming film festivals here in November. First, we got Soho International Film Festival. That festival will be running from November 4th to the 9th as a hybrid festival. They'll be having uh, virtual screenings and some live events. We don't have the details as of yet, but be sure to follow them at Soho Film Fest on social media or visit their website, SohoFilmFest.com, for details and updates. Also coming up in November from the 12th to the 14th, we've got NYC WebFest. NYC WebFest will be going virtual again this year. For updates, you want to visit NYCWebFest.com or follow NYC WebFest on social media. All right, so that's what we got for updates. Now we're moving on to the actual awards. Due to COVID-19, the Winter Film Awards began in late September this year with screenings at Village Cinema, where they played host to over 90 films, including shorts, features, animation, documentary, and narrative films from all over the world. The closing night awards ceremony was held on October 2nd, and our own Kayla Vera was there on the red carpet. Kayla Vera here with William Mark McCullough and Alexis Nelson with a feature a Savannah Haunting. Yes. So how does it feel to be here today? It feels great. Like The, the festival has just been so well run. Uh, the movies are amazing. Uh, the organizers are awesome. Tell us a little more about your feature film. The film is about a mother struggling with the grief from the loss of her young daughter. Her child drowned at their home in California, and so the family moves to Savannah, Georgia to get away from the pain of the, of the old house. Once in her new home, the mom begins to believe she's being haunted by her dead daughter and the other family members start to experience terrifying events and so they have to come together to try to stop what's going on in the house. What's unique about this film is we shot it in the actual haunted house. Uh, this house is owned by the McCullough family and has had a lot of terrifying experiences over the years as well. So we're doing an entire behind the scenes feature film documentary about the real hauntings that we did experience while trying to shoot in a haunted house. What would you say is um, the central message of the film? What would you want the audiences to walk away with? Well, I think the thing that kind of carries through the entire film is, is a sense of grief. The mother losing her daughter, the rest of the family kind of getting torn apart. So, in some kind of strange way, it's really about family love. It's a drama about family love. I love that. And what are your plans for the film going forward? Well, we're doing the festival uh, routine right now. So, we're, we'll be here. We have a lot of other festivals coming after this. And then um, we'll release this 
Uh, we can't announce yet uh, where it's going, but uh, it will be a great place. And then we have the documentary that will be coming right after. Amazing. Um, now tell us um, where we can find more information about you and the film online. If you go to Instagram, we're at uh, Us Savannah Haunting, and it's also on Facebook. William Mark McCullough and Alexis Nelson, A Savannah Haunting. Kayla Vera here with Portia Bacchus, presenting an award tonight at the Winter Film Festival. Portia, how does it feel to be here tonight? Oh, it's amazing. I've actually been working for the Winter Film Awards since they started about 10 years ago. So I've been presenting and doing awards handling from them. Yep. Oh, that's amazing. What award are you presenting? Tonight I'm presenting Best Animation, which will be first. Exciting. Yep. Um, now tell us a little more about yourself. What, are, what have you been up to? I'm a professional actress who has been studying acting for the past 10 years at multiple different acting schools and right now I'm currently getting my MFA at the Actors Studio Drama School. Wow, impressive. Yeah. Portia, where can we find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Portia Bacchus and it's P-O-R-T-I-A-B-A-C-K-U-S. Kayla Vera here with Alyssa Angelis, director of The Short Till the Petals Fall. Yes. I love the name. Thank you. So how does it feel to be here tonight? Oh, it's so exciting. There's so many people here and it's in New York City. Yes. <laughs> so exciting and beautiful. Tell us a little more about your short. Uh, my short's about a young girl who decides to run away after multiple encounters with CPS in order to try to keep her family and her friends together. I see. Yes. So what would you say is the central message of the film? What would you want the audiences to walk away with? Uh, I really want them to walk away kind of with this sense of nostalgia and what, like childlike wonder, you know? And like uh, really be able to like go back to a time when you think you know what's best for everyone else and maybe you don't, you know? Alyssa, so tell us where we can find more information about you and your project online. I have a website, uh, www.alyssa-angelis.com. That's awesome. Good luck tonight. Thanks for joining us. Alyssa Angels, Winter Film Festival. Thank you. Kayla Vera here with Katie Trebetsky, who is presenting an award tonight at the Winter Film Festival. Katie, how does it feel to be here tonight? I'm incredibly honored. Uh, I'm incredibly honored by this festival. This festival is amazing. It gave me my first shot, physically sponsored my uh, film, but I'm very honored to present the Best Actress Award today. That is exciting. You look stunning, by the way. Thank you so much. This is this designer is actually a friend of mine, Alex Tay. And very he nice. created this ensemble. Beautiful. So I know that a year ago you had your own short film uh, here. Tell us a little bit about it. So it was a couple of years ago and before the pandemic, obviously. And uh, yeah, they gave me my first shot. It's a dark comedy mafia film. And so cool. Yeah, it's my, I'm the first woman to direct a dark comedy mafia film and now I'm trying to push it into making it a series after it got nine international wins in Italy, in India, in Russia. I'm What's the name of it? The name is Cactus. The name of the film is Cactus. You're nice and simple. 
So tell us uh, where we can find it online, where we can find more information about you online. Uh, so my Instagram is at K-T-R-U-B-E-T-S-K-Y. And then the film, if you want to follow and see what else is new, is at Cactus the Film. And I'll, I have a lot more in store. I'm excited <laughs> to see it. So. Well, good luck tonight. I am here with Mars Roverge and Deborah Hayden with a feature, Mr. Sister. So how does it feel to be here tonight? It's amazing. We were, uh, we were so pleased to be the closing film of Winter Film Awards, the 10th edition, and we were here in 2018 for the, uh, our film Scumbag, another film we made that played at Winter Film Awards. So it's starting to feel like a family, fun, a home. Plus it was us taking our New York City film back to New York City for our East Coast premiere. It was a great feeling. Of course. So tell us a little more about the film. The film follows a suicidal man from Milwaukee that's given a second chance in life working in New York City as a straight drag queen nun who makes his living insulting people. He gains the courage from the LGBTQ community to follow a, a relationship with a single tap dancing mom played by Deborah Hayden here and gain the courage to pursue a glam rock band. It's a kind story uh, uh, where human nature has to lift up one another, uh, ties humanity. So tell us a little more about your character. Well, my character is Marie. Um, I am the love interest of the lead character, Jordan, played by Jack James Busa. He's kind of a mess when he gets to New York, and he kind of gets adopted by a group of drag queens. And um, I happen to work at the nightclub that they all hang out in. Wow. And, yeah, so it, long story, I don't know, like, how many spoilers should I give? Should I give too many? <laughs> I, I, too many. My character is kind of shy, um, and we'll just say Jordan helps her uh, come out of her shell a little bit. They kind of help each other. What would you want the audiences to walk away with? I want the audience to be more accepting of one another, know that it's cool to be unique and it should be embraced in that uh, we all have to stand up for one another and get through this thing called life, especially in the Big Apple. Very powerful. Um, and going forward, what are the plans for your film? Well, we just got signed a distribution deal with Arsenal Pictures, who's going to be putting out our, our film in North America on all the various platforms. That should hopefully be happening in about two months. And uh, we might be playing a, a couple film festivals in Europe early next year. I just don't want to jinx which ones yet. And uh, we're already moving on to our next two feature films we're in pre-production for right now as well. If we want to know more about the film and you, where do we find you online? Go to MrSisterNYC.com and my company is World Domination Pictures. You can go to WorldDomination.Pictures and uh, see everything we're up to. Perfect. Well, good luck at the award ceremony. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much. Kayla Vera with Mars Roverge and Deborah Hayden for Mr. Sister. A Savannah Haunting was nominated for Best Horror Feature, and Mr. Sister took home the award for Best NYC Film. Other award winners included Big Girl for Best Web Series, Rocket Star's Death of a Rockstar for Best Animated Film, Cuckoo won the award for Best Short Film, Koreatown Ghost Story took home Best Horror Short, The Puppet won Best Horror Feature, Best Documentary Short went to High Flying Jade, the award for Best Documentary went to More Than Miyagi, The Pat Morita Story, and Best Picture went to Since August. 
And joining me now to lend us his thoughts on some of the films from Winter Film Awards, the man behind ActuallyPaid.com, Mr. Bill Hammond. Good to be back, Jay. How you doing? Hey, man. It's great to have you. Uh, you got a chance to see, even though you're in California uh, and it's totally not winter, <laughs> you got a chance to see some of the films from the Winter Film Awards. What did you get to see and what do you think? Interesting selection at the festival. So I uh, I got to see uh, Mr. Sister, which it's something. It is something. Like it is weird, and it's sometimes wonderfully so. It's like it's one of these movies where you kind of get the feeling that they're going for like a midnight movie or like a cult following, like a Rocky Horror type type deal. The drag community's been huge lately as as a cultural influence. Uh, whether you're watching RuPaul's Drag Race or uh, I, I saw an independent film earlier this uh, fall called uh, called Swan Song with Udo Kier, which is easily one of the best films of the year and, and worthy of him getting an Oscar nomination for his performance. It's that great. So the, so it's, it's definitely like a ripe farm for content. But we re- never really thought of like, like, would someone basically who is straight be a convincing drag queen? And uh, this this Jordan character, he's like, I think he's from Wisconsin and he goes to New York like after a bad breakup and kind of lives on the street for a while, but he's but he he dresses in drag to kind of like panhandle until some drag queens take him in and then they dress him up as a nun. That's where he gets the name Mr. Sister, which is pretty clever. Uh, and through his sheer force of personality and ability to trash talk people. He gets a gig as like an audience roaster at a cabaret club. And some of the best moments of the film are when he is just laying into people and with, with these with this whip smart timing, being very raunchy, very working blue as as you know, as good as Don Rickles in his heyday sometimes. While being this like six foot tall, pasty skinny guy in a in, in a leather habit. It's trippy. There's a very gonzo feel to it, especially like the way the camera like zooms in and back out on a, on a lot of shots or or those like these rapid fire montages of people reacting to nothing that you can tell were shot in isolation and then pieced together. But but it kind of works for, for, for that whole effect. The actual screening at the WFA, like it's sold down because there's a huge drag community in New York that is basically giving this a cult following. And it definitely has that feel of a good cult film. Like you, you can nitpick this movie to death from a production standpoint, from a plot standpoint. But when you're fully invested in it, and you're, and especially if you're part of this community that that lives this experience every day, I can I can see where it could definitely find that really strong niche audience to kind of just get that bit of well-natured, ribald fun out of it. Moving on now to uh, the best documentary winner, More Than Miyagi, the Pat Morita story. Now, you actually wrote a full review for the website on this one. Tell us about it. So it, it, it's your pretty standard issue, you know, biographical documentary about a celebrity. We, we, we get these all the time. And as I wrote in the review, like, I kind of, you know, blinked at the the, the, the title More Than Miyagi because everybody is more than, the, than their most noteworthy thing, at least almost everybody. So it kind of goes without saying that that Pat Morita would be more than just Mr. Miyagi. I mean, if nothing else, an older audience or just a more nostalgic audience would know him as Arnold from Happy Days. It's much more than 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 that kind of entry level interpretation t- to me. Like, it's not just saying, oh, yeah, he was more than this role. It's more like the film is saying 
this role was the culmination of his life experience. The film's kind of presented like a Shakespearean tragedy in that he hits the peak, the climax of Mr. Miyagi midway through the film, and then there's the falling action before his death. And that's when that's when his issues with alcoholism come more to light, his attempts to to both embrace the legacy of the character and profit off of that, or to to break away from it and remind people that he wasn't that that he's not just this sagely character. The building action, in essence, the first two acts, it shows you all the life experience that Pat Morita had as um, as a Japanese American. And I, and I should say, just an American. He was born. He was born in the USA. He's never lived in Japan. His parents. His parents emigrated from Japan. All the formative years and all the formative experiences that basically allowed him to embody this role of, of Mr. Miyagi in a way that no other actor possibly could have. And, and and of course, there's there's always the fun anecdotes from the producers and the writers of the film that said, you know, we didn't we didn't want Pat Morita. Like we're not gonna. Like this is a serious role and a karate master. I'm not giving it to, to, to Arnold, but then they see the screen test and they see how he he that fa- that famous scene where he's like raging at the guy from Cobra Kai and he's about ready to hit him and then he just like zonks his nose. Like they 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 they, te- they, they, they screen tested that scene and that was the convincing moment. It's like yes, this guy is serious. Yes, this guy knows what he's doing, and he can he can be an intimidating presence, but also surprise you and still make you laugh and endear himself to you and that's 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 how he basically got the role but all the major moments of what made Mr. Miyagi what he was that came from Morita's life his upbringing one of the one of the first facts that they that they mentioned and this blew my mind is that when he was about two years old, he was diagnosed with a form of spinal tuberculosis and basically was immobile until he was eight. He was living, he was basically living in the hospital, including when his, during World War II, when his parents were taken and his family were taken to an internment camp because they were Japanese, he was basically living in hospitals until he had uh, like a spinal fusion surgery and then could finally move and learn to walk and everything. That, to me, provided the perfect parallel to one of the classic bits of the, of the Karate Kid, where he's having Daniel LaRusso, um, Ralph Macchio, do chores, wax on, wax off, up, down, up, down with the paintbrush, and then realize, oh, by the way, you've been doing these karate movements the whole time by, by doing these chores. Like, he had to, Pat Morita himself had to learn to walk in an, in a non-traditional way. He had to learn how to move in a way that no one else would have even imagined possible. So he that, that's something that can truly inform a performance like that because where else is that experience going to come from? Any other actor, it would just ring hollow to, to, to have that moment. But Pat Morita lived this, so he knows to do it. They touched upon this a bit more when they talk about his alcoholism. He basically was drunk every day, Pat Morita. He, he was a high-functioning alcoholic for, for most of his life, and he could actually, you know, be in a constant, almost therapeutic state of buzzed and never let on to people, except when he got really emotional about something. And that's where the scene where... He's drunk in the movie when he's drunk and wearing his old army uniform and talking about how 
he fought for the U.S. in World War II, but he was disrespected because he was Japanese and and he never got any benefits. And he was, he, he, like, he gave he gave all for his country. He saw he saw the horrors and lost his family and lost everything, but still had that repressed pride. It's like any other actor in the in the Karate Kid playing that role. That's just a scene of pure melodrama. For Pat Morita, it's something that he lived every day. This idea of truly being American, but never being recognized as American. And that's where the whole title of More Than Miyagi really sinks in. It's, it's the idea of being more than the sum of your parts. And so the, so the film is basically, this man is more than this part the some experience that created and he's even more than that does this movie get made if cobra kai doesn't exist maybe i think it's harder to fund if cobra kai doesn't exist and they definitely and they have they have billy zabka and ralph macchio and the whole and the whole cast of the, the, the that did both the movies and the show that they're all uh interviewed in the over the course of the film so it definitely is one of those things like, hey, let's strike while the iron's hot here. Um, but the, the the director, he definitely knows uh, Pat Morita stuff. He was inspired by Pat Morita. He wanted to make this movie, that, and he basically sees an opportunity here. There, there was even a note uh, in the screeners with from the festivals like, he, he he's a karate expert. He's a black belt. He he like so many others of of our generation got into martial arts because of these movies like if if there's no other legacy martial arts is mainstream in the united states because of the karate kid and it's because of mr miyagi being that caring strict innovative but loving mentor it sounds good man so uh we're gonna wrap up but for people who want to find you read more of your reviews uh bill does review for us but uh, he also has his own website. Where can they find you on the web? The website is actuallypaid.com. Uh, you can follow us on follow me on Twitter, uh, actually underscore paid. And I've even debuted a, a YouTube channel of my own. I, I actually paid to see this. Uh, it's only got like one thing uh, as of this recording, but I'm playing around with some ideas. Uh, there's there, there's some stuff I want to try, and uh, hopefully in the next couple of months we can I can start experimenting and. and filling out the content on that uh and who knows maybe if i can really get ahead of myself i can do some of my my oscar coverage on youtube rather rather than on the blog or do do them in tandem who knows you definitely do a lot for the oscars all right man we're gonna wrap up thanks so much for joining us and uh, we'll see you at the next festival and that's all we got for you today thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole now for more of our content including more film festival coverage visit our website, norestfortheweekendpodcast.com. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And now you can subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash getbehindtherabbit. Once again, I'd like to thank Kayla Vera, William Hammond, and all the folks who came out to this year's awards. And a big thanks to JMR Rentals for sponsoring this episode. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.